The following is a reflection on the readings for Monday of the weekdays of Christmas time. Our first reading is taken from 1 John chapter 3 verses 22 to chapter 4 verse 6. The responsorial is Psalm 2 and the gospel is Matthew chapter 4 verses 12 to 17 and 23 to 25. In today's gospel, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. This shows prudence on Jesus' part because he is still in the beginning of his ministry and has much to accomplish before giving his life for the salvation of the world. There is his preaching, especially of the Sermon on the Mount, introducing the new law of grace, building his church on the rock of Peter, and instituting the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, of his real presence throughout the rest of time. So Jesus retreats to the northern region of Palestine, this has significance because it was here in the 8th century BC that the Assyrian invasion first conquered the northern tribes of Israel and introduced their pagan darkness. Thus it was fitting for Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to begin his ministry in the darkness of sorrow, and Matthew, to signify this fact, quotes from Isaiah chapter 9. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. End of quote. Just as Jesus is born, not in the splendor and pride of a Jerusalem palace, but in the lowly stable of Bethlehem, he will bring his saving presence first to the most humiliated and lowly tribes, and in fact, makes his home in Capernaum. As well, because these northern territories were occupied by many Gentiles, this is where the regathering of all the scattered tribes of Israel and humanity as a whole begins. Then we hear, quote, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was the central message of John the Baptist, which Jesus now carries forward, as of first importance. In fact, when Jesus rises from the dead and appears to his disciples in the upper room, before anything else, he breathes on them and confers sacramental authority to forgive sins so that his mercy and reconciliation can be manifested through the church. Thus, the light begins to shine as the darkness of sin is lifted. But as mentioned, this is just the beginning. Through forgiveness of sins, the intellect is healed and the will strengthened, which opens a person to receive the revelation of God. Thus Matthew goes on to state, quote, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The word that spoke creation into being, now in the flesh, recreates humanity by speaking the truth of the kingdom of God into our weary and wounded hearts. As the author of Hebrews states, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Simultaneous with teaching, Jesus miraculously heals physical ailments 
as a demonstration that he is truly Son of God and Lord of all. His words and miracles authenticate each other. This is, once again, a beginning of the kingdom present among humanity that is reversing the ravages caused by the devil. As a result, people bring to Jesus all who are ill with various diseases, including the demon-possessed. Jesus' ministry of exorcism begins to fulfill the prophecy of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. He will plunder the goods of the strong man that he held captive since the fall as an essential aspect of the regathering of God's people. We see this in the effect of Jesus' teaching and actions. Matthew states, quote, And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. The Decapolis was a federation of ten Gentile cities. Thus, the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 2, verse 15 is being fulfilled. Quote, Many nations will join the Lord on that day. They will become his people. In today's first reading, St. John introduces further drama into the story of salvation, now passed on by Jesus to the church. False prophets have gone out into the world teaching a dangerous heresy that denies Jesus has come in the flesh, called docetism, which means appearance or illusion. John accuses those who spread such teaching as possessing the spirit of the Antichrist. One reason this false doctrine is so pernicious is that it undermines the saving effects of Jesus' death and resurrection. As the early patristic fathers would say, what is not assumed is not redeemed. Moreover, the sacraments of the Church, and especially the Eucharist, are also threatened, since they have their efficacy in the incarnate Christ. It is the sacraments that extend to the world the healing ministry of Christ, both physical and spiritual. As St. Ignatius of Antioch, who lived in the early 100s, said in his letter to the Smyrnians, quote, They abstain from the Eucharist, because they confess not the Eucharist to be the flesh of our Savior Jesus Christ, which suffered for our sins, and which the Father of his goodness raised up again. End of quote. St. John, in today's first reading, then gives us the remedy to such threats. Little children, you are from God and have conquered them, for the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is sent into the world. In baptism, this gift is extended to us so that the Spirit of Jesus now abides in believers. As St. John states in today's first reading, And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit that He has given us. Now filled with the Spirit of Christ, we are called to share Jesus' mission of proclaiming the good news and bringing light and healing to those still in darkness. As Pope Francis exhorts us in his encyclical, The Joy of the Gospel, let us go out to the peripheries, that is, not just geographical, but psychological, to the darkness that people experience, whether depression, anxiety, loneliness, or despair. Christmas and Epiphany are not just historical happenings of the past, 
but life-giving and ongoing events now in the present. We celebrate these feasts each year as reminders that although the Church, with the Incarnation, is in the end times, there is also much work yet to be done. The harvest is still plentiful and the laborers few.